Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to season two, episode 13 of the oh. Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? It is the three of us again. I'm David and I'm with Matt. How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you guys getting on? Yeah, very well. What a game of the weekend. Alan, you in a, in a good mood today? Uh, you know what? I'm in a bloody great mood. <laughs> Straight <laughs> off the back of your Christmas lunch, you're feeling, uh, <laughs> feeling festive? Yeah. I'm feeling, feeling warm, feeling good, happy. Red Wine flowing, was it? been a good week for Scottish rugby. It's been a hell of a week for Scottish rugby. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys, on uh, Acast or iTunes or any other podcast app and where you find us. Um, we have had a huge week on Twitter. Thanks a lot for speaking to us um, at Thistle Rugby Pod. And actually, not a bad week on Instagram. Thistle understroke rugby understroke pod. So we're growing, which is nice to see. I have no contact with our Instagram page. It, it could be going terribly. I would have no idea. I check it occasionally. It's it's doing some some good business. I actually don't think I follow. It. I maybe I think I started following it maybe last Come week. Come on, mate. That's good. I think you were maybe the one new follower, which, <laughs> is, which is really really um, good news. Um, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please get on there and leave us a review. Five stars, of course. We've had quite a few this week, um, but our favourite was from E Rennie one hundred and one, who wrote punching. Rising from nowhere like Daryl Marfo's career, top podcast with great Scottish rugby analysis, chat, and insights. Not bad. 
Take that. You you met Big Daz at the weekend, didn't I you? I met Daryl on um in the early hours of um Sunday morning. Is that uh, why you did he punch you in the neck? Is that why your <laughs> neck's gone all weird again? Yeah, he's, he undid, he undid the stitches. He'd listened to the pod. He'd listened to the pod pre Autumn Internationals. That's actually what he said. He said he got pretty riled up, and that's why he performed so well. Well, there you go. We did some good in the end. But what I can tell you is that he's fucking massive. <laughs> is he massive? He's so big. It, compared to be big, he's an international rugby Compared prop. to a normal person, he is absolutely enormous. I suppose in the world of like international propping, maybe not the biggest, but oh my god, he's big. How does lid look? Really sharp, actually. Yeah, it does look very sharp. He did good, yeah. So well done, Daryl, on a great autumn series. Um, we've got a good episode for you guys today. We'll crack down some of the news that's come out. Actually, quite a lot of it's just been announced today. Um, and then we've had a really interesting chat with former Edinburgh and Scotland prop Kyle Trainer, currently playing his trade down at Leicester. He's got a great story about how um, Luke Hamilton was found um, on the training pitch down at Leicester and about rooming with Simon Taylor. So stick around for that. We're, of course, going to be reviewing the Autumn Internationals and then having a look back at the Edinburgh and Glasgow games from the weekend and a wee look ahead. So um, busy schedule. Oh, yeah, and a quiz. What's the... Uh, What's the setup for the quiz on? International travellers. International travellers. I like the sound of that. I that like sounds that. like something it's I am niche. going to lose. Um, right, so we crack on. Glasgow Warriors, in amazingly cryptic fashion today on Twitter, announced that Ali Price has signed for two years. Good news? No. Not interested no, in that? <laughs> Sweet joke, mate. <laughs> that is great banter. That is fantastic about it yeah no good um <laughs> that was classic you yeah no yeah. good yeah. <laughs> i think obviously with russell going they just had to lock down one of their top players mm. um i was actually taking a look at some of the players that are out of contract in the season ali price obviously one of them fraser brown still to get locked down ryan wilson so good to try and lock down a cu- one of those sort of big names sort of early on i actually a lot of those guys staying actually which would be good news considering you know, you've lost Russell, Chat's still going to lose Johnny Gray as well. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting. Russell and Price's um, statements were like tit for tat. Russell's statement in, in Racing was like, you know, I've come here to win stuff. And Ali Price is like, I've stayed here to win stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right? It's like sort of like lover's tiff. It's like, right, he's gone off and done that. I'm doing this. Yeah. Tough breakup. Breakups are hard. Well, supposedly Hugh Jones is now Ali Price's best mate. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Fair enough. It's not a bad swap, is it? wonder how Ollie Kebble feels about that. Yeah, I know. It's been left out on the sidewalk. Little love triangle. Little love triangle. Very interesting indeed. So, Ali Price is a warrior for the next couple of years. Chat about Finn Russell's press statement with Racing Metro. Did he actually speak French in it? He said, ça va, merci, I think. Or something to that effect. Which means, how are you, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Not bad. Quite bad. <laughs> he did say he was going to be taking French lessons over the I think next they have to. Greg, Greg Laidlaw was Instagramming today his uh, French lessons with Toy Eva. They were <laughs> just panning around. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so good luck to Finn and uh, well done to Ali for signing on for the Warriors for another couple of years. Um, slightly different news. So the John Hardy discipline scandal has sort of come to, uh, come to an end. The SOU putting out a statement today saying that he is going to be banned until the middle of January um, and that sort of obliquely they're going to be su- providing him with support and John Hardy's put in a statement that's there saying he's let everyone down. Um, I, I felt it came across as this is what's ha- happening. 
we don't want to talk about this anymore. Oh, it's very light, light on, ground, on the ground in terms of detail. Yeah. yeah, which I think is exactly what they're trying to do. But quite surprising. I mean, I thought when it first came out that that's contract torn up. So, I don't know, maybe the whole thing is, isn't, has actually been blown out of proportion slightly and, you know, they've dealt with it accordingly. Because well, I was quite surprised by just a three-month ban. Lack of transparency means that we have literally no idea what he actually did. It's fun to speculate, though. It is great to speculate. Um, but look, I think it's probably good for him. He gets five months to probably get some rugby under his belt and probably secure a contract in England or France yeah. this year. Yeah, I hope I hope so. Good to see him uh, that will be playing rugby again mid Jan. Late um, Six Nations call up justice for justice for Hardy. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he'd probably still be in the squad. He probably. I, he's, he's, I think he's good enough. It's either him or well, on the current squad, him mm. or Jamie Ritchie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. getting ahead of Ritchie. Yeah, exactly. I completely forgot about speaking of Richie that he was in the squad for the autumn. Same with Bradbury. But Bradbury got released to go and play for Edinburgh. Uh, Richie was there okay. the whole time. I think Maybe a second. Of, I think he must be the only player not to get any game time. Sort of weird apprenticeship. Sort Maybe of it's just one of those things. Cannot play the, for Edinburgh though. It yeah. is. Yeah. Maybe he wanted that sort of. Anyway, high level training and. Other stuff, news, well, it's in the rugby paper. They're reporting that new Edinburgh signing is going to be taking home £300,000 a year. That is pretty good cash. Simon Hickey. What did I say? You just said the Edinburgh player. Could be anyone. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I meant Simon Hickey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's true. It's just the paper that, you know, it feels pretty, pretty free to put rumours, but... Not like us as a reputable, well, a reputable source of rugby uh, news. Exactly. Um it seems like a lot of money, particularly if he's not Scottish qualified. Um, there's been no chat that he is Scottish qualified, but surely he he is. I don't know. It, it felt that with even even without the 300k, that it would be a weird signing if he wasn't Scottish qualified, especially because I don't think he's going to sign until the start of next year. Yeah, that's right. Which means he'll fall into the five-year residency bracket rather than the three-year one that this South African fly half. Even if he's signed a contract? That is, that's what my understanding is. Um, our understanding. Our understanding. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like catch-all, catch-all term. Right. That covers all manner of sins. But, yeah. but to be fair, any, a standoff starting for a French top 14 side is going to earn minimum 200 grand. Yeah. And, and he is starting for Bordeaux yeah. in France. Yeah. And he's only 23 years old. So, did you, someone someone on Twitter suggested that the um, was asking what the rules are around what if he marries someone in Scotland, does he get Scottish citizenship, and whether the Scottish Rugby Union are going to be um, like lining up their players with dates with Scottish <laughs> people? That's why it's why it's why sign the contract. Exactly. Can't can't rule anyone to why not anymore. There's people pooing on the floor <laughs> after the Scotland <laughs> game on Saturday. That, um, someone just got too excited. Celebrations to too far. Weren't the players in the LED room though? I think that was <laughs> the week before. Was it the week before? Uh, okay. Oh, They're okay. all in that Bruheimer place. Bruhemia. Bruhemia, sorry, that used to be um, City. Down next to the station. Ben Toulis just got a bit too excited, and why not? Post post awesome internationals. BBT. What is he like? What is he like? Um, so that was all I had jotted down as uh, as news. What have you guys got? Uh, Chat about Stuart Hogg. The old oh, losing it. He's, he's become a bit of a playboy. A playboy? What do well, you mean? He's obviously like calling out David Soul on Twitter. How does that make him a playboy? He's riding in private jets. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. 
And uh, he did a Instagram advert for Johnston. Oh, I saw Johnston. that. I saw that. Johnston, like, <laughs> baby. And he had, he, had, he had to put, like, this is a paid ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, really? Because, like, most rugby players obviously do, like, your very, like, your rugby adverts that at least have a link to rugby. Yeah. Now he's just going full out. He's taking the cash. Is it, like, I've probably seen most of his Instagram posters and following him, and it was, like, completely just, like, out of out of context yeah. and character. Um. Yeah, but his whole, he was getting pretty angry at people on Twitter when clearly they were just, like, even David Soul was, it was a Fire, joke. Firing them off at five in the morning. I like it. It's I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's a response to, you know, who needs Stuart Hogg? Basically saying, you know, our best player is not there and we're actually still quite good. I don't think it was ever like, oh my God, let's always start Maitland at 15. You know him, Ali Price and Finn Russell and George Street and Ali Price and Finn Russell are picking up birds and he's just having to sit there on his phone. <laughs> 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 and he's just really bored. So yeah. He uh, he's, like, actually, he's like, David Soul's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, actually. Fair enough. Um, what else do we have jotted down? Murray Lowe scoring the winning try for Exeter against Mate, Saracens. Murray Lowe's back. He's, he's back. I mean, he's a prop. He should be in the Scotland squad. How how is Mario not in the Scotland squad? He's playing for Exeter. Is he not a three? I think he's a three, and we're is okay it? at three. Nobody, bad at one. No, we need I don't the, know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> we need ones, which is tight head. Yeah, yeah. we do need ones. That is true. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought that was, that was pretty good. Good for him to keep cracking on, and the Alan Solomon's effect taking. Uh, Mate, it's Worcester staying up because of Alan yep. Solomon's. And Dent Weezy. And Dent Weezy impacts <laughs> impact sub. It was the first time they won at Welford Road in like. Ever. 125 years or something. Yeah. Seen the, seen the length of Denton's hair there. It just looks bad. It looks, <laughs> it looks awful. It looks like really, really... I mean, it used to look bad. It used to be Claire Balding length, and he's now a, it's like sort of... terrible. <laughs> oh, I forgot how much you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is news. Shall we, um, shall we... Let's quickly chat about the Aussie game, but really wrap it into a sort of autumn uh, review. Um, what did you guys think of it? Record-breaking win against Australia. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I think even without the red card, we would have beaten them. I think we were on top of them. That's that's um, what I think, yeah. And I think that we played really, really well and it got to the point where I think Australia genuinely gave up. But we, you know, I think in, in previous time, days we would have settled for like a close win or something, but, you know, kept the, the I think foot on the pedal and kept going. Yeah. So it was, it was really, it was awesome. I agree with you because I think red cards don't necessarily always mean that teams go on to lose. I think if Elliot Daly got red carded really early for England against Argentina in the summer they still went on to to win that game like it's not obviously a, a winger is slightly different from a from a prop but I just I was really really impressed I was at Murrayfield the atmosphere was incredible mm. I was really really impressed with the pace that we were playing at the the skill level of the front five was actually really really impressive and the the ball play of Gilchrist and Johnny Gray in particular standing at first receiver and moving that point of contact, always one, usually one person out, was really, really impressive. And to talk, like the back line is is world class. There's genuinely world class players playing for Scotland now, which is just so exciting and unheard of. Were you a bit disappointed with Australia in the second half? Um, I was in a sense, but then I thought about it, and you know, you've got a red card. Like for goodness' sake, they've been on the end of this like ten month season where they've suffered a lot of losses. They're playing in Murrayfield. They're just like, can we please go home? <laughs> I think genuinely that's what was going through their mind. Like I think when you think of Johnny Gray's try and like Genia came out of the line, I just think he'd given up. I I mean, I absolutely loved the second half, but the Barkley try 
in particular. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Was something that should just never happen in an in an international level game. Like jo- Barkley is great, but he is not that sort of player. He did do that against Wales that time. Remember when he scored? That, that was class. That is the best the same. <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> we, don't yeah, talk, so, we don't talk about that game. Though. You know, yeah. But yeah, they, they weren't very good. But I still, as I said, I still think if we'd had, if they had 15 men, we still would have had enough. I think we were playing well well enough and we would have beaten them. I think, no, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think especially in that second half, I actually think we looked a lot fitter um, in terms of an, our subs as well just brought so much more impact into the game yeah, in massively. the last 30 minutes. Um, how, know, good's, uh, how good was Jamie Batty off the bench? I think Batty and Ferguson just bring so much yeah. off the bench. They're so good and loose. And I think we talked a lot about how they still need to probably develop as scrummagers. But in terms of just getting around the pitch, there's not really any other props in Scotland that can do as much of them um, in open play. And they're both, what, 21? Ferguson's still 21? Ferguson's 21. I'm not I sure I think Batty's... Batty. No, Batty's... My brother's age, 24. 23, 24. Yeah. Still young. Yeah. Pluck, yeah. Plucked out of a slaughterhouse and straight into uh, yeah. a Scotland jersey. Unbelievable. And I think w- great to see Brian McGuigan. Yeah, very I good was, debut. I was genuinely really worried when Hogg got injured. I um, I actually thought it was going to make a big impact on the game. But McGuigan, maybe the best debut. I think what, Whatever. What, ever. What, of a sport, ever. In <laughs> Scottish rugby. I, I actually said this to my brother. I said, um, I think it's the best twenty opening 20 minutes of anyone ever playing rugby. His opening 20 minutes were unbelievable. Yeah, he was very good. He was so physical, which I wasn't expecting. Like, I thought he's, he's a fairly big guy, but I wasn't expecting him to be able to like, run over people. He's pretty powerful. Yeah, I, 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 I thought he was great. Yeah, and it's just a great option to have. Is Maitland still injured or is he naturally that slow now? He looks slow. He looks slow, but he seems, is he moving fast? I, don't, I can't tell anymore. He's always had like a kind of long stride, I suppose, like a long gait. But he wasn't running away from Simmons. No. I mean, Enver, the other second row, almost caught him. Yeah. I mean, Simmons, when you saw him going, was the slowest person <laughs> ever. <laughs> Genuinely <laughs> ever. He couldn't run. It's, um, I think he's a bit injured. I think he's a bit injured, by, and I also think his style is incredibly deceptive to how yeah. fast he yeah. actually is. Um, I don't think he'll ha- he'd have the best acceleration either. He will good, like, speed over 50, 60. No, definitely. Do, um, you, do you want me to talk about a negative that I've got? Since we, since we are the Thistle. Go for it. Let's do it. it. Talk to me. Our exits in the first half. If we had gone, I think if there was one thing that were awful, in the first 20 minutes, we were trying to, I just think we were trying to run everything for under a five meters line. Finn did that ridiculous quick 22, which then put us immediately under the cosh. I think I missed and that. And he missed touch a couple of times with penalties. Yeah. And I just think, I was sitting there thinking, if we are going to, this was pre-red card. We're going to lose this game by a couple points, and it's going to come back to these moments where we should have been clearing our lines. Yeah, I think that's fair. But then I, I think back to the New Zealand match, and like all those little bits were were really good. Like yeah. I think Ali Price hit one box kick out in the full, but apart from that, like Finn Hogg Price, their kicking game was was right on the money. So yeah, I suppose I don't know. I think it's definitely something Finn can improve on, but. Yeah, you can do I suppose it. for me a couple couple of apologies for good performances. I thought Pete Horn had a great game actually, and Ryan Wilson. I thought Ryan Wilson was good. What did he do? Why was he good? He, Let's hear the case. Well, he caught loads of restarts. 
which is something that we don't do very often and something that I'd identified yeah. as Cornell Dupree are doing well. Yeah. Um, I thought he carried the ball well. Meh. Now you're asking for the case. <laughs> you know, it's just an overall, <laughs> it's an overall feeling. I thought he was decent. I thought, I mean, he didn't make any glaring errors, which yeah. I think like in previous matches he has in terms of knocking the ball on, yellow cards, penalties. He did give away a, a penalty that she was in like the first like 30 seconds yep. and I was yep. like, here we go. <laughs> But um, beyond that, I thought he was decent. Yeah. I still, he's not the answer at eight, I don't think, but I'd have no. him as like a six option. We talked yeah. about this last week. But Definitely. Yeah. Um, should we go into some awards? What about Let's do it. autumnal best newcomer? Surely it's our boy, Daryl. No. I've got a different one for that. Who have you got on? It's got to be McAnally. I've, I had McAnally as well. Are we having him as a newcomer, though? Yeah. I was going to give him an yeah. honourable mention. No, he's 100% a newcomer. He's a newcomer. No one's heard of him, like, apart from Scottish rugby, you know, and he's getting in the BBC, like, best 15 of the autumn. He um, was incredible. Special mention for Marco. Yeah. Definitely. For Daryl, yeah. yeah. For, but, I mean, starting from literally the worst expectations ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to come on and be pretty decent. Fair yeah. play to Mark. But I, I actually agree with, with McAnally. His stats, what was his opto start? He hit... 97% of line outs. And he was the second top try scorer in the series. He scored four yeah. tries. <laughs> I thought Were they all from Malls? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, still. still. Mall. How good was that? Yeah, though? the Mall's good. Um, it's weird, though, because obviously looking at Six Nations last year, you would have said probably Fraser Brown, Ross Ford, Pat MacArthur. Yeah. I mean, people were putting probably Neil Cochran ahead yeah. of McAnally. Yeah. And the fact that He's obviously managed to get himself right up that order. Mm. Got a chance because Fraser Brown's got injured yeah. and has absolutely taken that. Um, yeah, yeah no, great great to see. And again, in a position that we've had so much limited depth for so long, to see a, him play well and then Turner come off yeah. the bench and play pretty well. How long did Brown last in the end? Like 30 seconds? Got knocked out? He was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> he was Looks proper so arms sore. over his head. Oh. Fucked. He's, uh, a bit, he's a bit like that, though. He just will chuck himself about anywhere. Yeah, and I think yeah. he's the sort of person, a bit like George Turner, to be fair, just ends up like putting his head somewhere that you probably just shouldn't do it and you end <laughs> up getting absolutely smashed in the face quite a lot. Yeah. So if we're having McAnally as a, the best newcomer with honourable mentions for Darren Marfo, and I think and McGuigan. Chuck McGuigan in there as a, be- yeah. as, a, as a newcomer as well. Yeah, debutant. Who are you having as your player of the autumn? Good question. Mine is Hugh Jones. I think he makes such a difference to that Scotland backline. I think we already knew how good Stuart Hogg was. Yeah. And because he didn't play against Australia, I think he's limited in this category. But Hugh Jones adds something to that Scotland backline that we have not had for yeah. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Or beyond. He's, like he's unbelievable. and I think He's incredible at rugby. He's highly rated by everyone. Um, I think mine may be Johnny Gray. I think that Gray, since like he's come back from his injury, um, added a lot of strings to the bow. Particularly his carrying, like he's a lot more destructive. Yeah. I think he just looks more and more like a leader in those kind of games. Like he seems to be the one, him and Barkley, really driving on the pack, taking control. Um, and yeah, the way he played against New Zealand was just like super impressive. It feels like he's kind of been at the same level he said for two years, and actually start start of this year and coming to internationals. Autumn Internationals, he's sort of taken his game up to the next level. Yeah. And it's just, can he now sustain this? Mm. 
Champions Cup, Six Nations. Because I think he's got a lot to prove in the Six Nations, yep. specifically. Particularly in that, the England match. Yeah. And maybe Ireland away. Agree. Because I, I think England game last year, it's, it's probably harsh to pull him out, but I think he went pretty missing in that game. Yep. Um, but no, because you've actually both stolen my two my two options. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but what I would say is I think the Autumn Internationals has only solidified how important Finn Russell is. Yeah. If Finn Russell goes... Fair point. We are really fucked. Who do we have? The, every other position, we have someone now yeah. that can come in. Which even, even Hogg. Even Hogg. I think it would have to be Pete Horn. Yeah. I think you'd have to start Pete Horn at 10. I and don't know who's the next cab off the run. And I think the thing you've got to say to yourself, how would you feel about Pete Horn playing against England in the Six Nations? Yeah. And I don't think any of us can say we're, that, we're happy with it. Not wonderful. Not a 10. But then, yeah. I suppose in like a game against England, you, you want it to be fairly tight though. Maybe. And Finn's not going to give you that. Horn's not going to break down in defence in the same way that Finn does, but he might be a bit more... He might not give you so many harsh attacks. Are you thinking about the pudding? No, no, no I'm saying... <laughs> I was talking about Horn. I, making the case for the pud. I'm, I'm not. The case I'm, for the pud against England. No. I, I, don't know who, but I don't know who would be next in line. Who would be your backup 10? Well... T- like Hastings. I, I generally think Adam Hastings is going to be the next one off the boat. You've got Heathcote. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not in the conversation. I mean, Phil Burley as well is someone that could Burley. potentially take up that oh. role. But they're Burley and Horn are very much better twelves than they are tens. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's got to be Hastings or the pudding. And actually, wow. if you want to play to Townsend's game plan, you almost are veering more towards Hastings. Play Hastings. I get over the pudding. And he's what had like three program throw pro games. Yeah, yeah. But well. Let's oh. hope that Finn doesn't not. get... Never I mean, gets hopefully, hopefully he'll be all right this year, but fuck, playing in France, What's playing like how Kyle, many games? As Kyle tells us later, France got really good medical care, so <laughs> exactly. that's fine. <laughs> um, okay, um, what about this one? A falling star. Who's had a bad autumn, Matt? Uh, can you guys go first? Because I think I know what yours are, and I've got a different one. I'm going to say that he's still got enough in the tank to be to probably start in the Six Nations, but Tommy Seymour had a rotten autumn. I thought he was really, he wasn't great, really, really poor. Made a load of basic errors, which led to tries. Suppose he's just had a kid, he's just had a baby, so he's knackered. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's just got his mind on other things. Like, uh, Tommy Seymour is class and w- genuinely world class on his day. I think his tour with the with the Lions scored bags of tries. Didn't make a an impact in the test team but he is a top top quality player and I think that's enough to carry him through but he was really poor yeah he wasn't great yeah I think I'm going to steal yours okay my fallen star <laughs> is Laidlaw I wasn't actually mine but that's that's, that's a good that's I think a good mine's one. a joke one I think the Ottoman internationals have for anyone who's had any doubts solidified that Ali Price will be the starting scrum half definitely Six Nations. Would, you, would you put Laidlaw on the squad? Would you have Laidlaw on the bench? I would have Laidlaw ahead of Pergos. I think he does, he fills the same sort of role that Pergos is doing. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. But with a little bit but then leadership. If Laidlaw can't really play the game plan that Townsend wants to put in place, but he's not quick enough. He'll never do, if he does a quick tap, it's not like Ali Price taking a quick tap. Yeah, but Pergos doesn't play the same sort of game as Ali Price. Yeah, I think you're fair. But, but I think it's right. But then, I don't know, if you get Laidlaw on, then 
do you have to change the game plan or do you think you just I mean it's I'm, just going to slow down by that point I've never been someone who thinks that you need to you need to take a player off after 60 minutes that it would, I would think that if you are chasing a game you always keep Ali Price on but if you want to slow if you're 10 points ahead of Wales with 15 minutes to go you bring on Greg Laidlaw yeah that's fair um, who was yours then Matt? Chris Harris Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. He I had feel a, bad. He had a bad twenty. Um, he had a bad I, I was 20 listening to when I was away and you were doing the pod and saying how to get a turnover against him. I think it's just because he dropped the ball. That's all he did. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One touch, dropped the ball, it counts the turnover. One cap, and then he was back playing Newcastle. No, oh. I know. Uh, I know. Bit of a harsh one, but well, it'll be interesting well, to see. Pretty hard it. to get into the squad, and if you don't kind of take your chance get something like that. It'll be interesting to see whether he's still in that wider squad come Six Nations time. I doubt it. But I imagine knows? it would have been a test run and they'll go back to the Schwiss. Mm, maybe not. Yeah. It sounds like our inside sources are saying that he's not it, was a, it was a player-led thing. Yeah, he's not he very popular picked. apparently with the with the players. They all think that he never turns up, but we'll see, I guess. Yep. He is yep. quite good though on his day yeah. when he does turn up. Um, okay, Fawn Star. Right, what was your... I'll give you a chance each nominate a what your worst or your best moment of the autumn. Best moment, hog break on 80th minute against New Zealand. Oh. Worst moment, Bowden Barrett tackling Stuart <laughs> yeah. in the 80th Fuck minute. It. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've screamed like that at Murrayfield when Hogg yeah. made that break. Yeah. And I've never been that upset when yeah. Bowden Barrett put in, what is it, admittedly, on reflection, Really sweet hit on Stuart Hogg. Yeah, it's brilliant tackle. Yeah. No, one, no other fly half in the world. Well, he's the world's best player. That's true. Um, pat, patch things up with your New Zealand girlfriend. No, she. I still don't speak to her. She's left you. That's fair enough. <laughs> she, she has left. You me. left quite, her. Quite, quite, right, quite right. She's left me. It's, <laughs> Matt, um, best and worst. Uh, worst moment was going was being in Murrayfield and going up to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Gen- genuinely, that was the angriest I was. That, that, and then closely followed by the Naholo hit, which I think should have been a red card, well, I thought at the time. Uh, best moment... My best moment, actually, was in the New Zealand match when the game was finally poised and you thought New Zealand had just scored that Barrett try and thought they were going to run away with it. And then they launched an attack and it's a two-on-one and they're in and Russell gets in the way and then punts it down. And everyone was going absolutely mental. And it was just like, this is so good. Like, that was my favourite moment. And that just encapsulated, I think, that whole match of Scotland, like, taking it to New Zealand, being daring, risk-taking. Loved it. Yeah, that was fantastic. I loved Batty's break in the second half against uh, Australia. Like, <laughs> when he ran to Stephen Moore. Yeah, Murrayfield went absolutely berserk <laughs> yeah. for that. Did or you feel a bit sorry for Stephen Moore? I did. 126th cap, I final did. game, and Jamie Batty's laying you out <laughs> at the halfway line. Because <laughs> there, there was that, and everyone was still buzzed. Then about two minutes later, Xander Fagerson went on a bit of a run as well. Yeah, yeah. And you're just thinking, these props are motoring. This is unbelievable. Yeah. But um, close, I'd say close seconds, obviously, the great moments you guys have already taken out. The driving mall in the first half against Australia, where what we marched, them, marched them back meters. about 40 metres. It's a we did it. joke. Um, I think worst moments, same with Alan. Just that that coming down from that high of thinking we were for that sort of two-second period that we were about to score a last-minute try to win. Yeah. It took me a good few hours to really sort of come off from that. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was tough. Um Right, so we've had a, uh, a great chat with Kyle Trainer, uh, former Scotland and uh, Edinburgh prop. He's got some really interesting stuff to say, particularly about new cap 
Luke Hamilton. Um, so enjoy it, guys. So we're joined on the line by uh, former Edinburgh and Scotland prop Kyle Trainer. Kyle, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, not at all. How, how are things with you? Uh, so you played at the weekend for Leicester. How's it going there? Yeah, it's going really well. So um, obviously moved here in the summer from from Bristol, and it's uh, it's a bit different to uh, my experiences at Bristol in the Premiership, um, to say the least. But it's uh, it's a great club and one that I've uh, I'm really enjoying being at at the moment. What's uh, what's Ellis Genge like on a night out? Yeah, he's good. A lot of good fun. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's a bit of a misunderstood character. I think everyone thinks he's this big nutter but he's actually the complete opposite and he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's a really good fun uh, he's got a great sense of humor um and he just enjoys himself and uh now i've uh, i've got uh, a lot of time for ellis i've uh, I, I was obviously at bristol with him as well when mm. he was a bit younger um he was sort of 18 just left school and uh, he was more of a handful then than he is now um <laughs> but he's uh he's he's a great he's a great bloke and uh it's yeah it's been great to see how he's developed really i've really enjoyed seeing that you obviously had a bit of a serious injury last year. How have you found sort of coming back from that, getting back up to fitness? Yeah, fine. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, like it was at one stage. I was. It wasn't looking great, and um, uh, the initial scans weren't that positive. But uh, it, once it settled down, and the, I was, you know, the medical care at Bristol, and, and actually, I think in general, in the and the, at the top level of rugby, is now so good that. Um, it just settled down really well, um, and it gave me a bit of a break actually from from the game. And uh, I hadn't really, I've, I've been touched wood. I've been I've been quite lucky with injuries over the years, so um, it just it settled down and went away. And sought the advice of the specialists, and and, and they were really happy with how it um, sort of recovered. And um, and to be honest, it feels it feels you know almost <laughs> back to normal. Um, and uh, yeah, Leicester. When I joined here in the summer, you know they really rehabbed me great as well. And um, you know I, I don't think um, there's too much difference to where I was at before, if I'm honest, which is great. Is it uh, Luke Hamilton, sort of um, now Scottish internationalist, and yeah. came on against New Zealand and absolutely smashed it. To be fair, yeah, he, he's, got he's any... a quality player. Yeah, have you got any chat about Luke Hamilton? Sort of how much do you know about him? What's he been like for Leicester this year? Yeah, obviously I, I play alongside him here, and um, I, he's. Um, I actually, I can. T- I think I can take a bit of credit for his his call up <laughs> because um, I bumped into an old Edinburgh teammate of mine, Rory Lawson, um, and he was working for Five Live at our game against Gloucester at the start of the year. I think it was like our third league game in, and I was just walking to the change room. I saw him. I was like chatting away, and Luke Hamilton happened to be out on the pitch with his headphones on. I think probably getting in the zone. And uh, I was just trying to find somewhere to get a coffee from, and I didn't really know the stadium that well at the time, so I was sort of a bit lost. And um, I was chatting to Rory about his new role within the Scottish Rugby Union and how he's sort of like in the South trying to sort of access some Scottish qualified players. And I just happened to be looking at Luke Hamilton, and he previously told me two days before that his dad was um, from Stirling, I think. So I, I kind of said to Rory, I was like, well, Luke, it, Luke, um, he started every, at that point, he started every game and he's a, he's a, he's a really good player. He's, and I said, look, he's Scottish qualified. And he was like, mate, see, that's what I need is, is guys who are in clubs who maybe know of young players or, or guys that might not, because obviously Luke's got quite a strong Welsh accent and he's grown up there, but his <laughs> father's Scottish. So, you know, you might, he might not be someone who like comes straight onto their radar, but actually is fully eligible to represent Scotland. So I reckon that Luke owes me, um, owes me a, uh, some of, a some beer, of that match a beer, a beer for getting a call up now. Yeah. Uh, some of that match I think, for you, I think I from off the back of that, then obviously 
I think Greg, uh, Greg, uh, sorry, Rory's in touch with Gregor quite a bit, and um, I think obviously they started watching him closely. And anyone who watches Luke Hamilton play knows that he's a really good player, and you know, he's been outstanding for Leicester this year. You know, he um, against Racing Metro away in the Premier in the Champions Cup, he was awesome. He scored a great try, and he's really highly thought of at Leicester actually, and um, by the playing group and. And um, you know he's a really good all-rounder, you know, and and we saw that when when he came on against um, the All Blacks pretty early, you know, he smashed it. He was great, and it was a shame to see him go off. I never, no one ever likes to see that, but um, you know, had he been on the pitch, maybe it might have been a bit closer. I don't know. Yeah, and speaking of which, any any update on his injury? When's he when's he sort of going to be back? Yeah, I think it wasn't as bad as first feared. I think. Um, so um, they they obviously scanned him and X-rayed him and stuff, and I think um, yeah he could be touch and go for this weekend. But I think in the, within the next you know foreseeable you know it's not a long term type injury. I think he should be back playing. I saw him doing some running um, at training, sort of with the physios, and he said it's a bit stiff. But um, I think most if you ask most professional rugby players now of how they feel, they I think stiff's probably a word that's said quite a lot. So. Um, he, uh, I think he, I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. I don't think it'll be too long, which, um, which is positive news for both Leicester and Scotland. I think. Yeah, absolutely great. Um, why don't we talk about how you sort of came into the Scottish system? I know you sort of spent a bit of time at Watsonians, which is a club we don't like to talk about on this <laughs> pod. Um, yeah. But do you want to just give us a bit of an outline of how you ended up, you know, getting your first Edinburgh contract and uh, how you then sort of made it into the Scotland squad? Yeah, I. Um, I- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Went to school in London. Um, my mom and dad are both from Glasgow and, you know, brought me up my dad brought me up as a you know proud scot so um and uh i entered the i played for scotland under 18s um when i was still at school um and i was in the harlequins academy at the time um and phil smith who i think still coaches heriots um, yeah that's right yeah he um he was this sort of academy man academies are quite sort of new around that period um, and uh, I was sort of applying to uni and I sort of, I think I'd had an academy contract offer at Quinn's and I wasn't really sure what to do. My dad wasn't overly keen for for me. He was quite keen for me to go to uni and um, Phil Smith spoke to Frank Haddon, who was a coach at Edinburgh at the time, and said, like, look, let's offer Kyle an academy contract, allow him to go to uni um, and we'll see what happens. So I came up and I played, uh, I started doing quantity surveying at Napier um, I did a full pre-season at Edinburgh uh, upon leaving school. Um, I played for Edinburgh Ackies my first year out of school. 
um, and it was great. Like I had uni, I had a bit of professional uh, rugby exposure with you know, sort of training and uh, strength and conditioning um, work that is obviously needed to to improve physically at that age. And I was involved in the Scotland under nineteens, um, like the junior World Cups and stuff. And I was at uni as well, and it was brilliant. You know, like I wouldn't, I had such variety. Um, and playing, you know, I met some some guys that I played with at Ackies at the time that were, you know, I could probably still pick up the phone and ring um, now and have a good chat with, and, um, you know, it was great. Um, So, and then beyond that, after that, the academy system became a little bit more formal. Um, Todd Blackadder took over um, as Edinburgh. He's sort of player coach, then took over as sort of just main coach as Frank got the Scotland job. And then I was a bit more kind of full-time. I trained basically all the days I wasn't at uni with Edinburgh, um, and by that time, I'd moved to Watsonians, and I was basically playing for Watsonians on a Saturday, um, training sort of three, two, three times a week with Edinburgh. I was either doing my weights with Edinburgh, or I was doing my weights at uh, St Leonard's, the Edinburgh Uni Gym, with the Scottish Institute of Sport. Yeah. And I was involved in the Scotland under twenty one. So again, it was it was a pretty busy period, but it was amazing. You know, like I had the best of best of everything really and I don't think I would have changed it for the world and then you know I pretty much just stuck around Edinburgh until I left to, to join Bristol in uh, in 2012. What uh, what was your first game for Scotland? Uh, it was against Fiji in 2009 so it was um, Andy Robinson's first game in charge. What's, uh, what's your Scotland record? Uh, 50% I think. Uh, to be yeah. fair, that's not that's not too bad for <laughs> yeah, especially for that right. time. Yeah, but the, the last one was uh, we lost to Tonga, unfortunately. Was that Pitodri? Um, so um, yeah, it wasn't the best. Um, but I've been, I, unfortunately, I've, I've been on the bench since then, but never managed to get on the pitch, um, which was a bit disappointing because I'd like to have managed to shake that Tonga game uh, off. But uh, unfortunately, um, I, I did manage to get off the bench a couple of times since then. So. Have you have you got quite a good relationship with Andy Robinson? Seeing as obviously you've been with him at Bristol and with Scotland and a bit with Edinburgh. Yeah, well, he, he actually gave me my first. So I went my first full time contract at Edinburgh from being an academy, or they called it apprentice player then. Um, so yeah, yeah, I know Andy really well. Um, yeah, look, I don't. I bumped into him actually. I played for Leicester against Bath a few weeks ago, and I bumped into him briefly. Um, yeah, I get on well with him. I could pick up the phone and give him a ring, have a chat, or if I saw him in a pub, I'd buy him a beer. Um, I won't be going around for a Sunday lunch. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, he's, he's like, Robbo's a good guy. And, um, you know, like, he obviously gave me a lot of opportunities as a player. Um, he gave me a lot of hard time as a player as well. So, um, he, uh, no, he's a good guy. And um, he's, um, he's a guy who loves rugby. And he's a, he's a real coach, actually. And I think... Um, he, he just loves trying to improve players and stuff like that, you know. So I think, um, you know, I'm not sure if uh, he wants to get back into rugby, but he, uh, you know, he's definitely someone who, uh, yeah, I, I got on quite well with and enjoyed working with at times. Great. Um, are, you, are you still in touch with um, with, with many of the lads down at Bristol? Because there's a lot, a lot of rumours circulating that um, that Johnny Gray might be on his way down there. Have you got anything you might be able to, to add on that? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, I, I speak to a few lads, um, some some of the sort of backroom staff that are that are there, um, but to be honest, I don't really talk about signings with them or who's uh, who's sort of been linked with the club because I think any player who's out of contract at the moment is probably getting an offer from Bristol. <laughs> because, um, 
they've got uh, they've got pretty deep pockets. I think a lot of guys might be trying to get contract offers to then go back and renegotiate a deal with their own club. But no, I haven't haven't heard too much about Johnny to be honest. But I think if if it's if it's right, then I think it'd be a great signing for um, for Bristol definitely because. I know that with Pat uh, Lamb being there, he wants a younger profile of player, and um, I think Johnny is someone who's still. When he, we saw how he played in the autumn; he was class, and um, I actually think his game has stepped, you know, has really stepped up a notch, and his ball carrying is way better than it previously been. We, all, you know, I've always seen him with a huge work rate and a great tackler and a great line-out operator, but his, I thought his ball carrying was outstanding. So, if Bristol are targeting him, then I'm sure it'd be a great signing for them, you know, and. Um, yeah, it'd be one I'll probably keep an eye on. But I think it, I can imagine the SIU are probably trying to do their best to keep hold of him. I saw Gregor saying recently that he wants to keep as many guys in Scotland as he can. And it definitely makes his job easier if boys are based in Scotland rather mm. than being in England or France. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of the Ottoman internationals, um, I, I imagine you sort of keep an eye on Scotland still. What, what did you make of the, the three matches that they played and, and about the side sort of going forward? Yeah, I, th- look, I thought they were great. I mean, actually, I, I was a little bit disappointed with them against Samoa, if I'm honest. I thought they uh, defensively, like sort of late in that last sort of quarter, they sort of dropped off a little bit um, when I felt they could have kicked on. And I was a bit like, oh, no, is, is this happening again? You know, where they struggle against these sort of, you know, the Samoas and Tongas. But then, you know, the week later against... Um, the All Blacks are just really unfortunate. I thought um, they really deserved to win that game, and just the way they tried this, the boys tried to play. I, th- I thought it, they looked like they were enjoying themselves out there, you know, and that was great to see. But just boys were just tough and uncompromising. And you know, John Barkley is a guy I've played with since I was on un- you know, underage groups, mm. and um, just he's he's like a new player almost. You know, he's flying about into stuff, and it's great to see. And and they're really unlucky at the end. I thought. Um, Matt Carley, I think if Matt Carley, the ref, would have maybe checked or played a bit of advantage, I think Jamie Batty might have scored and then he could have gone back and checked and we could be having a different conversation, you know, but um, a bit unlucky. And then against Australia, you know, they were outstanding. Some of the tries that are scoring is, is class, you know, and um, it's, it's good to see. There's a lot of guys, that I, if I'm honest, I've never really heard of, you know, guys in my position, you know, like Darren Martha and Jamie Batty. I'd never really heard of these guys and see much of them play because I don't really watch Edinburgh or Glasgow that much um, and I thought they were class you know they were really good and um, like I've mentioned before Johnny Gray and, and these guys and Finn Russell we know how good he is so um, no it was it, I really enjoyed watching it I love sitting down and watching Scotland play and especially when they're playing like that it's, it's an absolute joy to watch yeah it was absolute class how uh, how was it joining Edinburgh Rugby as a prop when you had people like Craig Smith and Alan Jacobson hanging around yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was. Um, I think, to be honest, like my early years with Edinburgh as a pro were some of the most enjoyable years in my career because they're just such big characters. Like you say, like Chunk was great with me as a young man, and um, you know, like he, yeah, he was just brilliant. You know, he's a real funny like character, and but like real caring and like really cared about his teammates and always wanted the best of people, but just a, a really good bloke. And and he's actually probably really underrated as a player. I felt probably because of how he looked, but. <laughs> he, um, you know, obviously, I I studied him closely, being in the same position. He was awesome. You know, like he was actually pretty quick, and like he got about. He was pretty fit. He just obviously didn't look the part, which probably held him <laughs> back. Um, but yeah, Craig Smith was another one. He was a huge character around the squad, and you could hear him before you could see him normally. Um, and he would just sort of strut about, and he was a good bloke. And there was a lot of good guys in that squad. You know, like Jim Hamilton was there. And, um, Scott McLeod, you know, we had, uh, we had a really, real good crew of boys in, in that sort of 
sort of 2007 to 9 sort of uh, bracket that was that was really good fun we uh, we always ask everyone who comes on who their worst roommate has been in their professional career oh jeez uh, I don't know if, uh, to be honest I'm a pretty good sleeper so I just put the head down and uh, um, actually do you know what? it was Simon Taylor I think actually um, I remember I was quite young and we were playing down in I think it might have even been my first ever game for Edinburgh. It was like 2004 or five. I can't remember. And I remember we were down in Newport and staying in the Newport Hilton. And uh, it was kind of before like the iPads and, you know, like iPhones and stuff like that. So um, I think Simon had like an iPod. And I was like, geez, look at that. He's got an iPod. What the hell is that thing? And then he um, he put his head he put his headphones in, then he pulled one out and was like, "Look, uh, Kyle, don't feel the need. Do you have to talk to me?" And put his headphone back in, and and that was me. I was sitting on the bed, sort of like, <laughs> "Oh God, <laughs> I don't really know what to do." Um, but no, I've never really had too many bad um, uh, bad room experiences. If I'm honest, uh, most most lads in rugby are, are pretty decent. There's been a few bad snorers, um, but. Ah, that's part and parcel of rugby. Most guys have got broken noses. So. <laughs> well, Luke, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod. Uh, hope yeah, no it all continues to go well at Leicester, and um, yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll yeah. get you back on sometime soon. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, all the best. Cool. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Wow. So it's great to see that the Exiles program is working. It is Roy Lawson going to clubs and bumping into people. So <laughs> that's exactly what they announced. They it's were just good. like, "We're yeah. going to get." ex-pros to just hang around <laughs> yeah exactly I think Roy Lawson just like turns up at Harlequins and he's like hey this know any lads with Scottish parents around here <laughs> yeah I, I mean it must be a little bit of it well Alan Tate was the guy who found this we didn't mention that in the news the McClellan guy oh yeah the, signed um, for, the Castleford Tigers yeah. um, he's got a YouTube highlights video that's 12 minutes long I thought that puts me off you can't be that kid <laughs> he's only 18 How yeah you got 12 minutes worth of highlights I don't know um, I, thought, I thought that was really, really, really interesting yeah, from definitely, Carl. Definitely. And um, Why sounds not? like that, that's how Maitland got found out that he was Scottish. That someone whose mate worked for the SRU was in New Zealand and met his dad in a bar, and they started chatting. <laughs> He's so, like, oh, so budget. Yeah, of course it is. But <laughs> maybe but we'll take what we can get. We will absolutely take what we can get. Alan, you've got a, a wee quiz for the lads, haven't you? I do, and it's 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 actually quite a biggie. So we might we're gonna have to start quite quickly. Um, so, international on, travelers. International travelers. Okay. Since the professional era begun, twenty-one players. Fucking hell. Twenty-one Scottish players have played professional rugby in the Pro Fourteen or an equivalent thereof. Yep. In the Premiership or an equivalent thereof. Or the top and and the top fourteen, so all three leagues. Twenty-one players have played in all three. Twenty-one Scottish 21. players in the professional era have played across all three leagues. Yeah. And we have to name all of them. And we're going to go back and forth, and until you've stopped knowing them, I can then give you the clubs, and you can try and guess off the clubs. Okay. And I think we've probably got to start with Davos. So 20, 21 players. Yeah, okay. Well, I can give you, um, you Gre- Gregor Townsend. Gregor Townsend, yes. That's one. Saints, Borders, Castra, Sharks. 
My go? Yeah. Uh, Nick DeLuca. Yes. Ooh, Nick DeLuca. Good. Edinburgh borders, Edinburgh Beerits, and then one wasps. cap for wasps. Yeah. Uh, Greg Laidlaw. Greg Laidlaw, Edinburgh Gloucester Claremont. Boom. Uh, Al Strokosh. Yes, mate. Edinburgh Gloucester Perpignan. Uh, Big Jim. Big Jim, yeah. So that is 3-2 to Dave. Uh, Richie Gray. Yeah, Richie Gray, Glasgow, Sale, Castro, Toulouse. 3 all. Um... <laughs> I'm no. I'm fucked, mate. <laughs> um, oh, Hugo Southwell. Hugo Southwell, mate. He's had a great career. Bristol, Worcester, Edinburgh, Stad from say Wasps. I'm sorry, and that's then ridiculous. Carlton, Carlton cricket. Carlton cricket. Play. Oh, I've got another. Uh, Simon Taylor. Yes, mate. Simon oh, Taylor. That is good. Edinburgh Stad from say Bath. So that's four all. Um. Oh, I'm now really, really, really struggling. That's really hard. <laughs> Jason White? Yes, mate. Oh, oh well yes. Bloody hell. Glasgow, Sale, and Clermont in his latter days. I'm, ve- I'm very happy with that. 5-4 to Dave. So you got 9 out of 21. I would say that Jace, there is 1, 2, 3, 4, 4 players who are older than Jason White. And that would make it uh, seven players who are young who who got their cap after Jason White. Mm. That doesn't really help me. <laughs> okay. So five four today, Hannah. It's on you. Custer. Custer is right. Glasgow borders Perpignan. Glasgow sale. Sale. Uh, five yes. All. Yes. Um. How many more? Five. Uh, 11 more. Oh, bloody hell. 11 more. Although one, I'm not sure he ever played for the English club, but we can get back to that. (laughs) And there's 100% mistakes in this, but it's fine. Okay, that's good. Um, (laughs) I think I just got this because I think I saw it on your own. Oh, I've got another one. You've got another one? Yeah. Um, I might have two. I think. I think it's wrong, but I want to say, I'm going to say it because it's, you know, just in my mind. Nathan Hines. So Nathan Hines is correct. <laughs> Edinburgh, Leicester, Perpignan, Sale. Did he play for Leicester? Leinster. Oh, and Sale was the English Sale one. Sale was yeah, the yeah, English yeah. one. Ah, so I knew he played for Leinster, yeah. So. Ah, oh, very happy with that. That's good, man. 6-5 well, to Davos. <laughs> What's Scott Murray? Oh. Scott Murray. Have you not gone on there? Is correct. Yeah. Saracens, Be- Bedford. Edinburgh. Bedford, Saracens, Edinburgh, Montuban, and Castra. Yep. Plus he's played a bit of like a pro... D2, whatever it is. Six all. Mate, this is good. 12 um, out of 21. I've got another one. I don't know. There's one or, one or two absolute, one or two absolute heroes from back in the day. <laughs> Kenny Logan? No, mate. Kenny Logan was, he's only, he's English and Scottish. Yeah. Uh, never went to France. Never went to France. King Kenny. It's a shame. I see Ewan Murray. Mate, bang, got it. You and Murray, <laughs> Glasgow, Northampton, Newcastle, Asian, Worcester, Glasgow, Poe. As his, uh, I wasn't sure about the French ones, but... Yeah, 7-6. Davos, you got anything to add? Just trying to think of some really Shan players. Did he go there? Uh, this is a shot. Marcus De Rolo. Ah. Oh. No, Marcus Derulo is a good one, but he's only Edinburgh to lose. I knew oh, he, he, didn't he didn't play in England. Damn play in it. England. <laughs> I knew he'd been to France. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I'm gonna say Scott Gray. Scott Gray. I don't think I don't think he played in France though. Is not on no, my I, list. Nah. <laughs> he played in Northampton Borders, but I thought he might have. Do you want me to? So we're what seven six to you. How about we work through the clubs of the? Eight? I'd say I'm seven five at least. Is it seven five. Well, oh, maybe seven six. Let's say seven six. Yeah. Right. right. So the <laughs> okay. the new, so the most recent player that you currently haven't got. This is the clubs he's played for. Okay. Okay. Go for that. Glasgow. Sale. Roy Lamont. Roy Lamont. Oh yes. Toulon as well. Of course. Next player on the list. Harlequins. Borders, Scarlets, Montpellier, Worcester, Bristol, Newport. Um, um, Bruce Douglas. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a career, mate. He's all over the shop. Bruce Douglas. I remember that until I got to Newport, actually. Incredible. I was going to say Nicky Walker. Ni- no, never, Nicky He's Walker never been to France. Never France, been to France. But Worcester, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, right, next player, Edinburgh, Breve, Newcastle, <laughs> Glasgow. Edinburgh, Breve, Newcastle. Edinburgh, Breve, Newcastle, Glasgow, coaching. Mike Blair. Yeah. Oh, I was going to go for the Breve. Breve. Yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. I played for Breve. Yeah, I had that. I had him down, but I didn't put it down. Right, the Um, next guy is actually my favourite player of all time. Okay. Edinburgh, Leeds, Kashra, Saracens, London Welsh. (laughs) Gordon Ross. Gordon Gordon Ross. Ross. (laughs) What a a player. Bloody loved that lad. Wow. This guy was actually probably the player I'm most similar to in professional (laughs) rugby. Okay. Glasgow, Montauban, Newcastle, inside centre. Andy Henderson. Andy, Andy Henderson. Andy Henderson got a gig in France. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. Bloody uh, hell. Right. Well, I think I'm, I think we can say Matt's won now. Yeah, I mean, obviously. For quiz purposes. For quiz <laughs> pur- I like that, though. For quiz purposes, we've got three more. Okay, let's yeah, go on. Two you should get. One, there's absolutely not a living chance <laughs> you'll ever get. I'll probably get it. And there's one other one that I'll I think I'll bat myself to get it. I'll do a fourth if I don't get it. No, Caledonia, <laughs> Glasgow, Breve, Northampton. Say that again. Caledonia, Glasgow, Breve, and Northampton. So it's Caledonia Reds, then Glasgow, Breve, and Northampton. Tom Smith. Tom Smith. Oh, my God. Yes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is really excellent work, Matt. Well done. Um, I've actually... No, I've lost what the English club is for this guy. I'll give you the one that I don't think you'll get. Okay. So we got... Must be quite a while ago. This, so this is before this guy got his cap before Tom Smith. West Hartlepool when they were in the Premiership ninety five ninety six season. Very good. Edinburgh, Glasgow, Stade Francais. Stade Francais. Yeah, mate. This lad finished his career at Stade Francais. Absolutely no idea. Give me a position. You know what? I don't even know. West <laughs> Hartley. So this is the Wikipedia find. Yeah. Uh. No idea. What's his name? Derek Patterson. Oh, yeah, no idea. <laughs> Fair play, getting a kick at um, right. Stad, though. Last yeah. one. Borders, Edinburgh, Grenoble, Leeds, Scotland, legend. I mean, this lad is like a legend. Legend of the game. And Leeds. Big, big try. 
big, big try. Probably the most famous try in Murray Fields. Donald Hodge? No. That's one of the most famous I mean, that is the second most famous try in Murray Fields. Tony Stanger. Tony Stanger. <laughs> yes, mate. Nice, mate. Well done. <laughs> I'm just thinking that is probably the most famous try at Murrayfield. Yeah, Stanger mate, he try. Was, yeah. yeah, he did. He was there when Edinburgh Borders went professional, and then he really went, tipping into the professional era, isn't I he? I know. And then the other well one done. was Brian Redpath, who has played played in France, then went to Gloucester. Was that Gloucester Sale? And then, uh, but only ever played for Melrose. Never played professional uh, rugby. Interesting. So. Yeah, there you go, Alan. That was brilliant. That was really, really good. That. Very enjoyable. Very, very well, well. I feel that's for that's for the real fans. <laughs> that is one. <laughs> yeah. It's quite long as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. One for the real fans. Shall we have a look back at the um, Edinburgh and Glasgow games for the weekend and then quickly wrap up? Can we just ignore the Edinburgh game? Yeah, but it was only one on TV. Yeah, it was the only so one I watched. Was the only one we could so. really say anything <laughs> about it. Um, I watched it. Yeah, at the office actually, I watched it on on the screen. It was fine. They weren't that good. Do you know who is good? And really good looking. Yeah. Duan van der Merwe. He was good. He was. See how many yards he made? Yeah, good stats. He, he, looks, he looks like a really, uh, a really decent yeah, player. Second string Edinburgh team. The main thing, they could not stop the Cheetahs kicking the quick ball. They had yeah, no yeah, one who yeah. was slowing it down. So Cheetahs could just chuck it about. And they got some quite good players in the outside backs. Yeah, shame. It, yeah, I, I kind of felt like in the second half they just sort of ran out of steam a little bit. Yeah, and pretty tiring. I know, but it was. I kind of felt like a lot of those players have probably been together for a while, but I guess it's. Uh, it's, a, it's still a hell of a big ask for a young young Edinburgh team to go. Yeah, first time playing at altitude. Um, Hidalgo Klein, his try was actually very very good. He looked quite good actually. It kind of just it's one of those ones where you just end up walking through the biggest hole of all time. Yeah, it was at a sustained sort of forward <laughs> yeah. pressure. It was pretty decent. It's just, whenever I watched Cheetahs play. It's kind of like a non-rugby match. It's just like it's so open and like I don't know. It always it feels a bit intensity is not quite there. I don't know. It just feels strange. Was it because the stadium literally had no oh, people? Oh, no one in there. <laughs> Same with the Southern, the Southern Kings against Scarlets had I genuinely think no people. <laughs> Do you think? And this has been an issue for Edinburgh last year. Is they just they, they seem to go through the phases, especially in the first half. But there's no real. There wasn't much of a cutting edge. Oh, yeah. Apart from Blair Kinghorn. Yeah, he was very good again. And they just go from sort of side to side and through phase to phase, but they're not really no. making yards or doing anything to really sort of stretch no. the defence. Yeah. Even when they... One of the best results this season was against the Ospreys. Yeah. I think at one point they went through like genuinely 32 phases or something and yeah. they didn't score. didn't get anywhere. Like... I think yeah. if, you, if you look at that team sheet, though, it is second string. It's a yeah. fairly first string, not miles away from a sort of Edinburgh backline. There's not, mm. you've seen that team go There's out as that, a first right, team. Not many call ups. Not many call ups, but it really dips off in quality in terms of the pack. That is a, a long way away from Edinburgh's yeah. um, starting pack once they yeah. lose all their Edinburgh, uh, all their Scotland lads. So, you know, I, I, I wasn't expecting them to win it. I thought they put in a decent decent enough shift, but, mm. you know, it was a big ask for... Um, yeah. King, for Kings next week, I think that's that's a big one. I think they need to win that. I think they've been away for a long time as a squad in that yeah. group together. Kings are not a good side. No, they're bad. Um, so I, d- I would hope that Edinburgh would win that. In fact, I'm going to put a prediction on it. Edinburgh are going to win that game by 10 points. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'd, I'd go for that. The ha- they seem to be having quite a sweet time. Yeah. I imagine, like, whilst obviously stuff. some of the games are a bit crap, I imagine actually the players quite enjoy going to South Africa, especially oh, yeah. in the winter period. They're sort of 
hanging out in Port Elizabeth at the moment, <laughs> just chilling on the pier. Yeah. I mean, better than hanging out in, like, Swansea, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Glasgow, unbelievable result. 47-6 against the Ospreys. And very much a Glasgow second-string side, but that doesn't mean it's a dip-off in quality anymore. Well, I, when I saw the result, I thought Ospreys must have been playing their second-string, but you know they've also got a few call-ups, but they've still got like Sam Davies, Dan Evans, uh, Bradley Davies, uh, Scott Baldwin. Like, it wasn't their second-string string at all. It was the best side they could put out. Yeah, I've seen a few things. People are like, oh, the Ospreys are shorter players. In comparison to Glasgow, <laughs> yeah. Who literally had a whole f- almost a first of Dean taken? Yeah, that was a pretty strong. You're right. Glasgow had loads off. of debutants as well, like three debutants off the pack, off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, Only seen the um, extended highlights put up on Glasgow Warriors TV, uh, but Adam Hastings looks pretty handy. Oh. Kind of looks like Finn Russell. I said this for the podcast that I think that Hastings could potentially be better than Finn Russell. Hoo-hoo. That's punchy. In he, a few years' time, I think I think he's. Got all the he's, got, he's got awesome feet. Yeah, I think he's Be- actually a better kicker as well. Because that's yeah. something that Finn's really sort of added on to his game. Yeah, but Hastings seems to have it naturally. It's, I mean, he he's played two games. I think in the first, I think he's pro- proven his attacking talents in both. In the uh, what was the first game against the Kings? Yeah, yes, at home. Good yeah. point. Yeah, um, and then obviously away to the Ospreys. He's clearly got unbelievable talent. It's and I really, really hope he gets a big run of games for Glasgow this season because it look it's increasingly looking like he's they're pinning him as the main man for next year. Yeah, and obviously if he can keep playing like he did this week, then we quite. I was reading there was a match report and said if if Glasgow keep on, I think if they win two or three more games with bonus points, they will be qualified for the neck the knockouts by <laughs> January. Oh really? Like it's essentially done. So once you get to that stage, Finn. Let's put you in cotton wool until the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Adam, you can play every yeah. game during the Six Nations. Yeah. You absolutely crack on and give him a, a solid run of games right up until the end of the season. Well, there's something like uh, Glasgow are 30 points ahead of Ospreys in November. 30? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're f- I think they're 13 ahead of Munster, Munster who are yeah. second in their group. Yeah. yeah. Munster so only lost one game, I think, but not got... So I think points. they're looking pretty good, to I be honest. And I think we, we sort of talked about it last season with the Scotland Sevens, but... Horn is just kicked off. Oh, yeah, again. Really? I didn't think he'd be necessarily as good. I even think when he came into the Scotland Sevens, he kind of surprised me how good he was. Yeah, he just every single level he seems to thrive on it. It's. I mean, do you think at some point size will become an issue for him? That's the obvious concern. Um, that if he gets scragged or a lot of pressure put on him, you know, it's more they, difficult. They did show his cover tackle uh, at the start of that game. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't like his, his tenacity and everything. But it, there does get to the point where it's yeah. just a pure size thing. There's nothing you can do about it. So. If that winger is Nadolu, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But yeah. that's some pretty, yeah, unfair but comparison. It's good, good to see. And George Turner looks, he just looks in that sort oh. of free flowing game. The interception he scored, he's absolutely rapid. And the other try where he did like the the dummy loop, yeah, he just ran like five yeah. of their players. He's so. How quick. did he not get a game? <laughs> What's like he doing the last like six years? Sam Davis started to chase him and then was like, oh, <laughs> oh no, this guy yeah. is quite quick. It yeah. is a bit like, it is a complete joke that he's not even had like a look in at Edinburgh for the last six years. I mean, yeah. it's amazing that he's now getting his opportunity because he's so class, but yeah. Um, there is a question of how 
Edinburgh have dealt with that sort of front row mm. um, over the years and how they've dealt Absolutely, with the succession. Yeah. Because the fact that, yeah, exactly, Ma- Mac- you've got McAnally and Turner who should have been getting game time yeah, yeah. and just haven't been able to get that opportunity. And it's only now, because of injuries, really, that they've been able to get this, they've been able to get this place. But no, great to see. It was brilliant. And this weekend, uh, both of them playing Friday Night Lights. So Edinburgh against the Southern Kings. I've previously said that they're going to win by 10 points. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go for 10 as well. Alan? 15. 15. Boom. Going big. Rolling in series. Look at this new positivity off the back of the autumn. I know. I've had a couple of gins. I've gone mental. He's <laughs> loving it. Um, and Glasgow playing the Cardiff Blues. What do That's you think? at home as well. It's uh, at home. They'll win by 20. Bonus point win. Yep. I saw something about how some of the Scotland players aren't eligible. They're not letting them play. So but I don't. I Welsh, don't th- well, the Welsh players can't play. They've well, gone on the Welsh game. players can't play. But there's not many Cardiff players in that team. That's true. There is one interesting thing for people that hate Wales as much as we do. If Wales beat South Africa, yep. Scotland go to fifth in the world rankings. Yep. Wait. Who? Where are we at the moment? So there's, I've we're just jumped. We're sixth. Are we behind South Africa? Yep. So we're behind South Africa. Wales are in seventh. So it could be the first time that I'm ever supporting Wales. Don't want Wales to win, though. I'd take sixth, actually. It's not I'd rather Wales it, lost it. It'd be really, really funny. I've supported Wales before. Have you? Against England in the World Cup. Oh, yeah, that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that was fun. That was quite sweet. I said, needs must. <laughs> needs must. <laughs> okay, well, we'll think about that. Enjoy the rugby over the weekend, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. Let us know what you think on iTunes, five-star reviews, please, and on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. And uh, we'll speak soon. Cheers. Cheers. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.